0: Hello and welcome to Friday's Briefing with Heart Standard. Uh, I am James Kearney and today I'm joined by Scott McIntosh from Amaruso Let's It Run. How you doing Scott? Yeah, very well James, Uh, thanks for having me on this morning. Uh, Always a pleasure to have you, always a pleasure. Uh, So today we're going to be looking ahead to Heart of Midlothian's trip to Firth Park on Saturday afternoon. It's 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 a pretty big one, Scott, going into this. Obviously, this is coming off the back of the defeat to Rangers in this uh, League Cup semi final at Hamden last Sunday. Uh, that was a 3 1 defeat where Rangers, I mean, they kind of built up a big head of steam and Hearts didn't really get into the game until maybe the last 15 20 minutes or so. It's a disappointing performance at Hamden. And I guess, yeah, now we're back on league action. It's the last game before going into an international break. And some points on the boards would be. Um, wouldn't go amiss. I wouldn't have said so. I guess we we said in the title here that this match is must win. Is is that how you feel as well, Scott? Do you think do we need three points in this one?
1: I mean, from a personal point of view, I think we do. I think hmm. if you're asking about whether that's something that's. It's you know a similar feeling to the board or maybe the club as a whole. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't yeah. know what the city general thinking would be there. But I think amongst the fan base, we see probably Motherwell and St Johnston as, as probably must win games. More so because you see the runny fixtures that comes after that. We've got a tricky spell, uh, a tricky tie at Kelly right after that St Johnston game, and then we're playing. I think the next five fixtures after that all take place against the teams who were in the top six with us. Last season, that's absolutely so, right. You no, know, including trips to Easter Road, Petardry, and Parkhead. So it, it, December is a really big month, and it's a challenging month. So yeah, I think to get some some momentum behind the team, uh, especially from the support, I think tomorrow's crucial for that. But but naturally, Motherwell are also in a, a similar bad spell. So mm. uh, you know, both teams are. It, it could be a cagey encounter, uh, given where both teams are are standing just now in terms of their form.
0: Uh, it's, it's definitely an interesting one because, like you say, Motherwell, who you know, they started the season brilliantly. You know, they won, uh, I think, they had 10 points in, after their first four games. Obviously, they had that 1 0 win at time Castle, where they were out of 10 men for like spells of it, but they've not won since. You know, that that was the last time they've recorded a league win, and they've, like their form obviously is clearly really stuttered. They played midweek, of course, against St. Johnston, Craig Levine's St. Johnston, and they were. They did well to come back from 2-0 down. Um they got managed to get a two-old draw, which I think given that they were given the state of the game, that's probably a decent result decent enough result for them. So I guess when we're looking ahead to this one, um if we're look, looking at the the teams we'll start maybe with Hearts, we'll look at the team's shape. Do you what, what shape do you think we should go for? Because I, I was looking back at the game at Tynecastle, I I noted that in the first half in that game, Hearts set up in a kind of a four-three-three or a four-two-three-one, but then for the second half, uh, there were big uh, and they to have changed up, and it was almost more of a three-four-three. And I think it's fair to say neither of them really worked. I think Motherwell had Hearts' number that day, and I think you know they were worthy winners at Tyne Castle. So I guess what what do you expect to see this time around then? Because we know that obviously we saw that uh, from that game that those neither of those shapes looked particularly effective on that day
1: yeah i know i i think for me first of all if you look at how motherwell set up over the last few games it tends to sort of rotate between a a three four three or a a three five two Mm. So you do tend to rely on their their wing backs uh sort of offering them that width further up the park so i I know we've i know we've had a three at the back recently and there's been some games where I i think that's worked and then some games where it hasn't but for me if we were to match motherwell Formation against formation. My concern then is then it becomes all about individual battles, and my concern is that Motherwell would would win the majority yeah. of them. So I do think we maybe do need to go back to that flat back four. Uh, I know that in terms of personnel, that could be a a bit of a challenge, in particular uh, in the right back situation. But I, w- I would go with a flat back four, and I would probably go with a four two three one. Uh, I think it's vital that we, you know, we play with some. PC wide players, and we pin back their wing backs as best as we can, and get mm. them into a five shape. Um, my concern is that if we go three five two, the opposite happens, and unfortunately, we're not we're not a team that's very adept to playing counter attacking football because we just don't have enough pace within the squad. Mm. So my issue would be if we went with a three five two, it would become a very sort of five three two shape. Uh, particularly out of possession and then the problem is I just don't think we, we get that transition quick enough and we just don't have the players for it so yeah it, although I would agree it didn't work at Time Castle but I do think that's how we need to set up
0: tomorrow uh, you, you make a good point about Motherwell like we know that they are a physical team we know that they're they're battling we know they're very good on, on the transition on, on the counter-attack that's where that's where their strengths lie and we know that, like you say I think if you get into those kind of man-for-man physical battles, that's exactly what Motherwell want, that's exactly how they want to play. So I think, yeah, you're right, I think you need to try and avoid that where possible. Um, I guess we're looking at the defence then, so um, as we say, we're right back, we'll we'll go on to speak about that, about who who should play there, but I guess if we're we're going to the back four, that probably means that one of Alex Cochrane or Stephen Kingsley misses out. so, do, do, unless maybe Cochrane plays a wee bit further up, but again, that's we've tried that experiment before. I don't think it's always paid off. Um, so, yeah, yeah, so, I guess who would you like to see then? The, I'm assuming you go for Rose and Kent, et cetera, have. So, who, who do you think you would play out wide then? Who do you think best? Yeah,
1: I, I would go with Rose and Kent. I know that there's been. And, and, and I've probably been just as vocal about this as the next person, but I know that there's some issues around roles when he plays in a back four, particularly if he's up against someone with a, a bit of a physical presence, but his form's reasonably good just now. So I think mm. taking him out of the team would be, bad for sort of long-term aspirations with regards to kai and i would go with alex cochran at at left back i just think that in terms of getting up and down the park he offers us more than stephen kingsley i think kingsley is potentially a better fullback than cochran Mm. but again thinking about it in a proactive sense i'd I'd like to see someone who can maybe support our our of wide players and i think cochran's good in that role uh so yeah that's how i would set up in particular with those three uh, Mm that sort of flat back four system.
0: I, I guess one of the things as well that, I mean, you pointed out there that Rose, sometimes when it's the back four, he can get, sometimes the opposition are targeting him, or sometimes he doesn't look particularly well suited to these big physical contests. Can't help but notice that, obviously, brother, I've got this, uh, the guy unknown from Arsenal, Mika Birith, who's, you know, he started off really well, had an injury, he's come back at a team, he's still been scoring goals again. He's exactly the kind of player that could be a real handful mm-hmm. for someone like Rose, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I just think that I think he'd also be a handful against Kingsley. I I, I mm. just think he's, he's a looks a very good acquisition for Motherwell, does, yeah. and I think we've just got to focus on what we can do in a in a positive light. Mm. And again, I think Rolls has been pretty steady over the last few weeks. I think his form's been better, uh, and I would and I would stick with him just now, uh, and I would stick with him and Kent at, at centre half.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I guess we'll talk about right back then because. Like you touched on, this is maybe a, b- a wee bit of a problem position at the moment. Um, obviously, Nace, uh, Hearts will have their press conference later on today, so we'll have an injury update uh, coming out about lunchtime once we've once we had the chance to speak to them. But as it stands, uh, I believe O'Dell Ophaya's, uh out again. He's got this uh, some sort of injury that's um, people haven't really explained exactly what's going on there. Um, obviously, Nathaniel Atkinson's still out. He won't be back anytime soon. And that kind of just leaves you really with Toby sibuk And in recent weeks, he's maybe not looked at his best out there. But I guess, is there anyone else you could see filling in there?
1: I think this is a game that's primed to, to give Adam Forrester a start. I, I just think, right, was, yeah, yeah. how's the time to go with it? I actually think if Stephen Naismith is being cute about this, I would look at it as, you know, the fans are probably more inclined to cut a youngster some slack in that position compared to Toby who's, you know, been on a bad runny form. Mm. Uh, in particular when he has been relied upon to sort offer some support for that right right back or right I think more predominantly from a right wing back role. I think he struggles positionally in that right back he's he's okay. He actually showed up pretty well in the first half at right back against Tibbs before he got sort of switched along after <laughs> the after the injury to Kingsley. Uh but yeah, I, I think now's now's a chance. Now's the time to give a couple of these guys a chance. You know, it's I think it's well documented that one of the positives in bringing in Stephen Naismith would be that he would already have a a very good knowledge of the under eighteen squad, and that we would finally start to see some of these guys maybe get an occasional appearance or you know a few appearances off the bench. Forrester, I noticed was on the bench last week, and for mm-hmm. me. You know, that should be a case of, well, he's on the bench because he's next in line if something happens with Toby Civic. Now, though there's nothing injury-related to Toby, I would say that his performance over the piece last week should dictate that someone else comes in. If you're not offering youngsters a chance when they can... I mean, I'm sure Adam Forrester can clearly see what we're all seeing, that Toby Mm -hmm. Civic's struggling out of position, that then starts to have an impact on their mentality because they then start to think, well this is just going to be another one of these cases of jam tomorrow. Like it's Mm. it's never going to happen because if it was, surely it happens when your two natural full backs are both injured and the guy who's filling in doesn't look particularly comfortable. So I think Mm. we've got to bite the bullet with that. I'd love to see Adam Forrester getting a start. I'm not totally convinced it'll happen, but Mm. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it.
0: I I guess the the other side of that would be that, I mean, we're talking about how this is a really important game for Hearts. How you know it's obviously the, the, these games, these fixtures coming up, getting points in the board. The next two, three games is massive. Is, is it fair to play to throw a young guy in and and you know into that scenario where you know it's going to be a trickier day, It's going to be like physical battle, and again, there's going to be there's a lot of expectation on him. So I, I, some some might say, oh, Joe, maybe you shouldn't you shouldn't be throwing players into a scenario like that. But it's, obviously, it's you should definitely right.
1: Yeah, I mean it is sink or swim. I, I would yeah. agree with that. The only thing, the only thing that offers me any sort of hope is the fact that. And although this is going back maybe you know a bit a bit too far back, but you know in the mid nineties when Jim Jeffries came in, we found ourselves bottom in October. He brought in two or three experienced players from abroad, but what he also done was he started to give an extended run to the likes of Paul Ritchie and Alan McManus, who had never played before. Mm. And then Gary Locke found himself captain at the age of 20. I think sometimes you've just got to take that risk and just hope that the reward outweighs the risks. Uh, and, and for me, again, you know, I, I think that fans are... I think that they're reasonably patient when it comes to young players. Of course, I yeah. Think the fans would get behind them. So although I, I understand that it's, a, it's a big fixture to throw someone in, I do think that the time has come. You know, we're, we're at a stage where... I, I don't see any other option unless, naturally, if the formation is that they do, re, you know, stick with the three, there is a possibility that they could maybe stick Alan Forrest in there at right wing mm. back. Uh, but, but yeah, if they go with the four, would love to see Forrester start.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you make a compelling argument. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm half tempted to chuck him into my projected lineup later on. I'll see. I'll see how I will see what happens with the press conference first. See what, <laughs> what happens with injury news. Um, I guess in midfield as well, there's a couple of our big talking points. Um, you know. I guess the biggest one's probably Cami Devlin, I suppose, where obviously he was dropped for the game at Ibrooks. He then started against Livingston, but it came off at half time. And then in, again, again, for this uh, semi final against Rangers, again, dropped on the bench. Do you, do you think we'll see him again? Because he seems to be maybe. I, I would imagine that Naismith's not happy with him, You did, just judging from those selections over the past few games. But then, truly, this is the kind of contest he's very well suited to.
1: Yeah, I mean, he he, he would play in my team tomorrow if I was mm. going there two, I think I'd I'd quite like to see him and Neuenhoff maybe maybe pairing up together eh, in that formation. It's an interesting one. I know he, he's had nine bookings this season, and I don't know whether it's now becoming a case of Stephen Naismith looking at that and thinking. Mm. You know, that takes away so much of his game that if he's getting booked in the first 20 minutes of a match, can I trust him? And I don't know whether that played a bit of a part in him not starting in those two games against Rangers. But then you look at the fact that he starts against Livingston. I know that Joel mentioned this last week about, you know, he was very close to where Stephen Naismith was on the touchline. And he could see through his body language Mm. there was a few interactions with with Devlin that he's clearly not happy with what Cammy's doing in possession as well. So it is a tricky one. I don't think he's overly fancy just now. But but for me, he, he starts. I think you've got to start him, especially when you're looking to be aggressive and be on the front foot. I think he's probably one of the the top names on the list to sort of start in those types of fixtures. So I would start him. But again, I, I do... I, I understand to an extent, potentially, why there has been this reluctance to play him recently. Al, albeit, I think, if you look back at some of his bookings, some of them have been pretty harsh. There was actually... I think when we played at home in Motherwell, he got booked the first 15 minutes of that game and, and uh, you know, it did it did impact on his game, but it was a harsh booking. So I think that's just something that, that he needs to be wary of. But again, you know, who do you play if he's not involved? I think, mm. I think that's the bigger issue. Again, I would take the risk and I would start. All
0: right. No, I, 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 I do understand that because, I mean, I think the central midfield one of the areas where Motherwell are actually really strong. I think that's probably one of their be- better areas of the park. I think of... Mm. Someone like Calum Slatter, is having an excellent season. He's been he's came on leaps and bounds. I think uh, I think we'd really impressed with him. Obviously, they've got young uh, Lennon Miller as well, playmaker. I think he's only what seventeen now. I think something like that. But he's just yeah. He, he looks he's out. Real. He's out for two months now. So that's oh, of uh, course he is. Of course he is. Yeah, yeah. That's a. If, if you
1: look at Motherwell under Stephen Hamill, they, they really preferred that system where it was Spittle and Slattery playing in the mm-hmm. middle of the park, and then Harry Payton was coming in occasionally as well. Now, they're all good players with the ball at their feet, but they don't like to do a lot of running off the ball, particularly going back the way. They may be mm-hmm. fine maybe in the final third, but they're, you know none of those players are particularly great in 50-50 battles. What Motherwell done as soon as Kettlewell came in last season was address that and they brought in Dean Cornelius who's no longer at the club but he was somebody who offered them that drive and those legs and then since the summer like you say Lennon Miller's been the one who's came in to offer that that sort of uh, option but he's now out for two months so there is an opportunity there in the midfield for us to get a foothold uh, and, and that's why I would play Devlin and New Wolf. I just think we need two players that are going to you know, harass and sort of harry the ball, and, mm. and, and albeit they might not be able to offer us a lot in that final third, uh, but the you know the hope would be that you know they're able to press on their players enough to stop them from sort of getting any heady steam or sort of playing any sort of progressive football uh, in the half.
0: Mm. Aye, absolutely. A, well, let's look ahead to that that final third then. So, um, obviously, Alex Lowry was unavailable to play against the games against Rangers because they're his parent club. Uh, so he's he's back available again. Um, we've seen a wee bit more of Oda in recent weeks as well. Maybe, but obviously he's not had a start in, in a good wee while. Um, Vargas is obviously there. Boyce, is, we saw Boyce start against. Uh, we saw Boyce play against Rangers. You've got Alan Forrest. So there are quite a few options um, when you're kind of looking at that front kind of four. I suppose. What 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 do you think we'll end up seeing? I know what I'd like to see. I,
1: I think for me there needs to be more penetration coming for that that sort of final third. So I would actually be inclined to, to start Forrest and Oda out wide mm. again, with the hope that they're pinning back their players. It's a bit of a toss-up for me in terms of who plays just deeper between Boyce and Grant. I think because you know that Motherwell are possibly going to play free in midfield, the temptation would maybe be to go with Grant because he can then sort of drop in and offer a bit of assistance to Devlin and Neuenhoff. But then the problem is, because Shanklin tends to drop as well now mm. in this system, who's then making the runs beyond them? And, and and George Grant just doesn't strike me as that type of player. So I would be inclined to start with Boyce. And then, the, the you know, the it would just be a case of those two maybe even rotating and, and just causing the Motherwell back free a few problems or a few questions in terms of when to step out, when to go man for man, when to maybe push up. Uh, and then you've obviously got the likes of Oda and Forrest, who can maybe make some runs from a deeper or sort of wider position as well. Again, that's how I would go with it. Uh, I, I would imagine, given that Oda showed up reasonably well last week, that he would be in contention for a start, regardless mm. of the system. Uh, and again, Alan Forrest, he's probably been one of our more consistent performers over the last couple of months, and I think I think he deserves a, a, an opportunity again as well. He's you know he's not let us down when he has played. I felt that in that wing back role against Livingston uh, a few days ago, I thought he'd done pretty well. I thought him and had mm. done pretty well. They got high enough up the park. They offered width. Final ball was probably lacking, uh, but they definitely, you know, in a positional sense, they definitely offered us quite a lot. So I'm hopeful that we can see those players getting a start. And again, you've got to highlight to some of the guys who haven't showed up in the last couple of games, whether it be you know Toby, whether it be Benny Benningame, whether it be you know Kenneth Fargas, they need to know that there's a consequence in not turning up in games.
0: Mm.
1: Going with the same players again, it just I think that it becomes very sort of uh, demoralizing to the guys who are on the bench. And I understand mm. there's certain players like Halliday and Haran who are utility guys, and I think their game time should be you know fairly reduced now given the mm-hmm. age and at the stage of that in their hearts' career, but I think for the likes of Forrester and Oda and that and Boyce as well, they deserve a a, a chance, you know. Given the fact that we didn't really show up last Sunday,
0: Uh Joe, it's a really good point you make. The fact that yeah, you don't want these players to get disheartened because they must be going if, if they can see someone else occupying that position and they're not getting on, they are going to go. Well, what do I, what else can I do to get into this team here? You know, what what's it going to take? So I think that's a really good point. But I guess I guess looking at it a, a wee bit broader. Um, I guess we've kind of been we've been mentioning this a wee bit as we have went along but when you look at the squad now there's actually this does have quite a lot of options now across the park where you know you go back even just a few weeks ago that maybe wasn't the case I think we're seeing more players come back from injury obviously we've got Hal Kitt and Gordon hopefully back after the international break they're getting pretty close I'd imagine I, I don't think Barry Mackay's that far behind them Um we've seen uh, obviously, Boyce was out injured earlier on the season. He's back now. I think there's, there's a few players at uh, Oda as well, of course, where they've been had these spells out and are coming back. And they've now got, so I think we're seeing something a lot closer to a full strength heart. Steve, again, with the caveat that the defence is still maybe a wee bit shy of players as it stands. But I think further up the park, and you look at the midfield, you look at the attack, you've got um, options there. You know, I think you've got options. I think that's something that Naismith hasn't always had. I mean, me and Joe spoke about it before, before the fact that Vargas is played so, so much early on in the season, that's probably through necessity rather than choice. And I think we've seen that with the way he's been played in all these different roles, you know, sometimes he's on the wing, sometimes he's uh, at kind of the tip of the spear, sometimes he's a wee bit deeper. So I think that having these different options can only be a good thing. Because I think as well, the, the, the thing is when you look at it, when you go through these positions and look at it kind of man for man, it's a lot of times time is you've got yeah, maybe two or three players that can play in the one position but they all offer something a wee bit different as well, and I, I think that's really important, particularly if it's gets to you know sixty minutes and the game's still now now and you need to try to change something, try and inject a bit of diff- um, a bit of creativity. If you swap, uh, you know, if you play you know out wide, and then you, you bring on somebody like Alan Forrest instead, or you know you get up up top, you could have someone in the number ten row, You could have someone like Boyce. Maybe if that's not working out, you bring in Grant again. You get to offer something completely different, and I think that. I think that will be really important going into this game because I think that I know some fans have been haven't been happy with Naismith's in-game decisions and he hasn't always got them right. absolutely, um, but I, I I think that actually he's got more right than wrong. I would say that like, you know I think there's been certain games where you know I think of the one 0 win up in Dingwall or the the two one win at Rugby Park in the quarterfinals League Cup. Those were games where Naismith changes won the match, you know, he, he saw what was going going wrong, he identified the problem, provided a solution, and then Hart's got the win, so again, I, I wouldn't be surprised again if uh, Saturday's game it might well again, once again, be defined by, you know, reacting to what the opposition are doing, or, you know, finding out you know, saying, oh, there's a wee gap that he's exploited or we need to strengthen up this area we could do a wee bit better in that area of the park and I think finding those in-game solutions particularly against someone like Motherwell, I think that's going to be really important, but I don't know. How, how do, what do you think about that? Do you think that's the case, or I well, about? I think that's a fair
1: assessment. I, I think if you compare the two squads, and Motherwell have obviously got their their injury problems just now. You know they've got Paul McGinn out as well, so that will mm. cause a bit of a reshuffle at the back. Uh, So, yeah, I I think if you look at both benches tomorrow and who we should, you know, assuming who we should have available, there's options there for somebody like maybe an Alex Lowry or a Kenneth Vargas to come in when the game's a bit more stretched. I think that's where Vargas needs to be used just now. I think we need to be utilising them in the same way we did against Livingston you know, defenders have maybe had to defend for 60 minutes and they maybe start to lose that little bit of concentration. Mm. I think that's where somebody like Vargas can maybe have a bit more of an impact just now in this Hearts team. I think Tagawa as well. I think we need to try and drip feed him back in. I know there was was an article yesterday with Barry Anderson regarding, you know, his frustration. He's obviously struggled to adapt to the game. uh, And, and, you know, we're finding ways to try and do it. But I think trying to get him some minutes as well uh, Mm. is the key to that. So yeah, there's definitely options here if we're in the right, if we're in the right situation in that match. And again, this is this is the problem. I think to be fair, Iney Smith, I think there's been games where he's made the right subs, but we've found ourselves with too much to do by that time. And, yeah. and I think probably Motherwell at home is a good example of that, where you know he brought on the likes of Boyce the Lexi Grant players who can make those runs across a back four and who can give them something different to think about. But because they were already in a one 0 position and then went down to ten men, you weren't really finding those pockets of space that you maybe would in the last quarter of the game. So I think that's the that's the issue just now with Na Smith, where I agree he probably has shown that he can sort of identify when the right time is to make a swap and sort of and, and sort of pick the right personnel for that as well. But I think the, the sort of flip side to that or the or the counter argument would be that the way that the team are starting games in such a passive way mm. and the he's maybe setting up at the beginning is sometimes giving ourselves too much of a mountain he climbed. So it's it's trying to fix that. But I agree with you, there have been, like, like you said, those two games in particular where, you know, he's made subs and they've made very instant sort of impacts of the, off the back of coming on. And hopefully tomorrow, if that's something we need to rely upon, we should have more of that in our walker compared to Motherwell.
0: Oh, you kind of touched on it there, but um, obviously a lot of the time this season, I mean, we know that, the hearts have been slow at the traps in the first half in particular we know that goals have been a problem generally you know creating high quality chances that's been a problem so I guess that's going lead me on to the what do you think is more important come Saturday is it just getting the three points or is it the the performance as well do we need to see a good team performance here or is it just points on the board beyond end all?
1: I think we're at points at the board stage just now. Mm. I'd like to see both. I'd like to be yeah. <laughs> saying we want to see both. But given given that it's now been quite a significant period of the season where we have been quite passive, I don't know if we can expect that to just change in one match. Mm. Albeit we do have some players coming back. But I don't know if it's the players that are going to help with that. I think I think once we can get a, a proper right full-back, wing-back back in with Atkinson. If we can get Barry McKay back in the team, I think we can start asking those questions and having those expectations. But I think just now, I think all you can really ask is that we we match Motherwell, man, man against man, and that, you know, we, we, we the, the decision-making's correct. Because, again, that's been a big sort of fall point this season, has been the individual errors. So we need players to kind of step up in that respect as well. Uh, but, yeah, tomorrow's really about the three points. It's about just getting a bit of momentum, Mm. Maybe not even momentum, it's just to get a bit of respite over the international break. If we get a result tomorrow, it allows Stephen Naismith the there isn't that noise circulating around him when he's trying to get the players set up for another match in two weeks' time. Mm. Whereas if we don't get a result tomorrow, the noise inten- intensifies, amplifies. There's more question marks regarding him as a team. And then that's very difficult to kind of set up when there's that backdrop going on. Uh, so yeah, for, for you know, for everyone's well-being from Stephen Nesbiff all the way to the fans, you just hope we can get three points tomorrow and then we can start to maybe analyse performances once we get a, maybe a consistent runny form results-wise.
0: Aye. No, I think you're right. I mean, you make a good point in the fact that, yeah, obviously the international break's coming up. Poor results, you know, they, they they do linger over these periods because you there's no chance to rectify it. So yeah, I think you're right there. Um, I, I guess one of the things that I'm quite keen to see, I think, is I'd like to see some more a bit more urgency, I suppose. I mean, which me and Joel have certainly talked about it a lot. I know Joel did an analysis piece after the Rangers game, just talking about particularly during uh, when Hearts have got the ball and building up, there's too many kind of easy passes, to, safe ones and not enough risks, you know, not enough players, you know, if, I mean, the, the I think there was one bit that we, we both parted out from Sunday's game where Benigni we had the ball, I think it's was Benigni at centre mid, and then... He could have played in Cochrane and then obviously Co- Cochrane could have advanced right up the wing back. Instead, he plays it back to Rolls, who then plays it to Cochrane. And then by the time he's done that, Rangers are back in position. So, again, I think that was a really telling example of something we've seen a lot this season where it's just, you know, the, a kind of a more progressive pass is there and it's on, but the Hearts will tend to take the safe option. And I guess that, that's something that I'm quite keen to. Uh, I would again. It's not one of these things like you say earlier. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to be like going to wake up one day and just start playing like that. But we do need to be. I think I think we do need to see more of it because I think if if you play it safe like that and if you don't take those risks, I mean we've seen this movie before this season. You know that's how you get the results against that we've had the hearts we're getting at the start of the season, particularly against Dundee, Motherwell, Kilmarnock You know those games where. Yes, Hearts had lots of the ball, but they didn't really know what to do with it. Because, again, I'm sure that'll be the case at Far Park again tomorrow. I'm sure that Hearts will end up with 60-odd percent possession, I would imagine. Again, it's just about using it. I think there just needs to be that wee bit more urgency in teams' play. But I guess we'll we'll see.
1: I I think that's fair. And and to be fair to Stephen Naismith, I'm I'm not privy to those training sessions. But I can guarantee you he is not telling players in, in that scenario to play the ball back. Yeah. I, I would imagine he is wanting them to try and switch the ball, especially out any wide positions as quickly as they can. Again, the problem comes from, is that message landing? And I think mm. that's where Robbie struggled towards the end as well. I don't think Robbie Nielsen was telling these players to play the ball back and be passive, but the problem is they were. And, yeah. and I think sometimes... Albeit, that's not maybe the manager's fault directly. I think players do need to take a bit of responsibility for that. Ultimately, the accountability tends to always you know, start and end with the manager because it's easier to move one person than move <laughs> on maybe 11 or, or maybe 12. Uh, so that's where I always have a bit of sympathy with managers because mm. I don't think given what Stephen Naismith has said and given what you can see that they're, they're trying to do and given his body language sometimes in games, uh, he's, he's almost as vexed as the fans are uh, at some stages of the match. I think mm-hmm. he is wanting them to be more, more sort of urgent and, and, and to definitely a bit more proactive in terms of in-possession. But I think there is possibly then occasions where the right personnel maybe aren't in place. I know I'd, I'd sort of put an article up during the week and I talked about the fact that he does want the ball to be switched out wide quickly and really... The best midfielder we've got for that's probably Peter Haran. But then yeah, is, he willing, right, yeah. is he willing to surrender the legs in midfield to get Haran in there? That's the this mm. is the problem. Or do you play Alex Lowry in a two, which would be a massive risk from an out-of-possession standpoint? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's a that risk because you go, Well, if the reward is we're more progressive in our passing in the final third, do you go with that? But this is this is the issue. Eh? You look at I just think with Devlin and New Enough, that probably gives you the best balance between players who will they're maybe not progressive players from a passing sense going forward, but they will try and drive you forward as a yeah. player. whereas Benny will kind of just you know, he plays in that little pocket in front of the free and he just sort of recycles possession. I don't think that's what we need tomorrow. I think we definitely need players that are gonna sort of spur us on and then hopefully that that positivity feeds into the fans and the fans and the team can sort of almost galvanise each other. That's what we kind of need tomorrow. We need everyone to kind of be on the same page. I think a mm. passive start to the match, it it doesn't feed well into that energy that you know the fans get cagey, the players get cagey, and then it does become a case of who's gonna who's gonna win those battles, and that's where the concern comes that that will feed into what Motherwell want. Uh, so yeah, hopefully hopefully we see a bit more urgency tomorrow I think you're right that that's something that we've we've desperately been lacking for some time now.
0: Right well we'll keep our fingers crossed and um, I think we'll probably just call it a day there that's been blabbering on for best part of half an hour now so I think some of our listeners might be falling asleep so yeah it's kind <laughs> of listen to me droning on anyway you know they don't want to listen to you anymore and um, so yeah I'll just quickly say yeah thanks so much again Scott for coming on. Um, just remind people as well that if you've not subscribed to the website, you can do so at heartstandard.co.uk forward slash subscribe. Uh, we've still got our offer on where you can get six months of access for just a pound, and or if you've got a wee bit more than that, you can pay for twelve months for twelve pounds. Uh, on the site this week, we've got a piece up that's gone up this morning. Uh, myself and Joel have both written it about what we've learned from the season so far. Now the Hearts have played. Uh, Eleven Premiership fixtures, so they've played every top flight side once. So we've had a wee bit look at that. Uh, there's also a piece from Tom Irving, also known as at uh, Irving Analysis on Twitter. Uh, he's done a review of some of the uh, players that have arrived at the club during 2023 and comparing how they've settled and got on. We've got a piece by Joe looking at Hearts B, where he's interviewed Liam Fox and Joe Savage to talk all about the B team and how that works. Um, there's a piece for myself looking at these next eight games that we've all been banging on about, um, and as pointing out that these are that's a, it's a daunting run for not only any Hearts manager but basically any Premiership team. That's a you know, bit as hard a fixture list as you're going to get. So a wee bit of discussion about that, and of course we've also got um, some analysis pieces and reaction from the Rangers game on Sunday, uh, and later on we will have, of course, we'll have an injury update from today's press conference. We will have. Uh, our Q and A is going up uh, later on tonight and tomorrow morning, and we will also have our predicted 11s, and then we will have all our usual match day content at Fir Park as well. So we plan to, it's to keep you going in the meantime. But uh, as for now, we'll just uh, call it a day. So yeah, thanks again, Scott, and here's hoping for a Hearts win on Saturday. Cheers.